0: A to Stokes, is onside! Well done! Here's Sims. It's a good search, this, from Southampton. They could finish the job here. Hello and welcome. It is episode 93 of the Saints FC podcast. This is the third time I have recorded this (laughs) intro and that is because we have the technical ability of Mr. Thomas Parker. uh, Tom, how the devil are you?
1: I work for a big tech company and then I worked for an even bigger one before that. I just can't push record, but I'm I'm good (laughs) apart from that, John.
0: It's all right. You've never, you've never kind of claimed to be like head of technical or or programming or anything like that, have you?
1: Awful of this stuff, but uh, it's good to see your face, John.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, really really good to see your face, ladies and gentlemen. Tom and I are, are looking at each other, and we're also trying out a new audio setup um, this evening. So hopefully the sound quality will be better. Um, and of course, if if you want to, you know, let us know. Uh, email in saintsfcpodcasts at com. If it does sound better, that would be really good. Uh, Tom's been getting IT support from his uh, wife, the lovely Imo. So thanks to her.
1: Yeah. yeah, this is all possible because of her.
0: Yeah.
1: I wouldn't have had a clue, to be honest. That's uh <laughs> I would have yeah, probably have just had to just drive interested. all the way up,
0: up from Devon, Tom, just get you set up and then drive all the way back to, yeah. to do it. I
1: think it would have been easier. It would have been faster than the the, the, the number of restarts we've had to do. But uh, <laughs> but there you go. Uh,
0: um, anyway, well, Tom, what what have you been up to during this international break? Because we've had a, a couple of, well, so, yeah. was it two weeks so, without
1: I'll, Saints? It didn't even
0: feel like that long, did it?
1: It, it didn't because football's mad, isn't it? Like, And So I think you kind of lost track of time with football. Um, I watched watched some of the international games, watched England. um, I watched some lose against Denmark. um, I watched some win, obviously, against Wales. uh, Harry Maguire being Harry Maguire. um, Bruce James getting sent off. England are mad. um, But yeah, apart from that, I've been good. It's been really good. uh, Went to a pumpkin farm, John. That was nice.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: That's good. Good Instagram content.
0: That's, I mean, that's the important thing, isn't
1: it? That is the main thing, isn't it? It's all we're here for.
0: I mean, on the subject of like England pumpkin farms and Denmark, I, I once went to uh, Copenhagen around uh, about Halloween, and there's this kind of like theme park in Copenhagen called Trivoli, Trivoli Gardens, and they have like a full Halloween themed thing there, and the pumpkins there. I've, I've never seen anything quite like it before, Tom.
1: It's pumpkin uh, probably, the size uh, of like an old mini. Yeah, apparently a pumpkin grows hundred and fifty uh, pounds, John.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't know what that is in, in new money, but that's no. that's that's hefty, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I have no idea what what pounds are. So um...
1: they're also quite strange because they're just such like a medieval vegetable, aren't they? So something really quite weird about them. But, um, yeah, but not, yeah, no, not like that
0: newfangled monge too. Yeah, well,
1: posh tender stem broccoli, those guys. Harry Maguire, he'd be a pumpkin, wouldn't he? Old fashioned and sturdy. <laughs>
0: Getting sent off for dodgy tackles. <laughs> Getting ready for everything. Uh, um, so I, I've got some kind of like interesting news. I've got an episode from Left Field coming, right? Okay. So there's this um, there's this Saints fan who uh, he's got big plans for a new podcast. Um. Which which will go, you know, international stardom, multiple sports and blah blah blah. But he's a he's a, a Saints fan, so he wants to start it off with Saints, where basically the concept is is that you get um a celebrity who supports a certain club to choose their like best ever lineup from oh, that's from the nice. team. Yeah. So um so whilst we're recording this, there's a chap called Ben who's out there recording with um, Sky Sports uh, presenter Ed Chamberlain about his best Saints oh, wow. eleven, and we're gonna get we're gonna get this first ever episode as well um, to go out on the Saints FC podcast channel. So that, that'll be something to nice. look forward to, Tom. So I thought that the was ben worth mentioning. Is a
1: mention. his, his top Saints eleven, is he? Yeah, Ed oh. Chamberlain is. Yeah,
0: excellent. Yeah, be interesting. He's probably around yeah. about the same age as us. I'd have thought, Tom.
1: So. Thirty, <laughs> something yeah, like that. That's yeah, long, long gone, isn't it? That, that age, but yeah, yeah, that'd, that'd be interesting because I love that because because there's some there's some nailed-on people, isn't there? But then you're always going to get some fringe, fringe nutters. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: exciting. I wonder if you know with that sort of thing, you almost want to have like a wild card player, wouldn't you? Like who who's the Saints player that you would choose that no other Saints fan would choose? Or well, no other celebrity Saints fan would choose. Maybe oh. ponder that one, Tom. If I can remember. Yeah, let's come back nice to that. John. Let me put that in my notes. Wild card, wild card Saints player. Yeah, cool. Right, that's 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 in the agenda, right at the end, in the other, in the any other business section. <laughs> um, so Tom, I guess the, the the most important thing that we talk about in today's match is um. The, today's match today's podcast is the the 3 or draw against Chelsea but before yeah. we get into the into the game itself here's a question tom did you pay the 1495
1: paper uh, uh, No, I, I didn't you um, didn't and i don't really know anyone who has done or has admitted paying for any of the games i'd love to know how many people paid for fulham sheffield united yesterday <laughs> um um, or Burnley uh, West Bromwich just fin- finished 0-0 in the most predictable 0-0 ever yeah, um, yeah I, I, no I didn't John and like, I, I won't I'm not, I not. don't have Sky Sports I don't have a BT Sport um, but, but you, you know, have my means path, I have means uh, but you know, isn't it mad that people who pay all that money anyway are being asked to shout out even more money in this time more than any time it's just mad yeah the greed, of, the greed of football knows no ends.
0: It's, it's, I mean it's just kind of crazy because um so like with, with the whole um project restart stuff, yeah, I got myself a little nail TV uh, yeah. you could get like a monthly they're quite a good deal on when when we started project restart. So I went for that, but now you, you're kind of like looking, yeah, BT Sport you're shelling out for, Sky Sports you're shelling out for, and then that's not even going to necessarily cover all the games, no, which I suppose Amazon is Amazon kind Amazon. of, it's kind of probably the way it's always been, hasn't it? So if you normally s- subscribe to Sky Sports and BT Sport, but you're a Saints fan, most of the games aren't covered anyway, so yeah. I guess you're kind of used to that. Um, but yeah, as someone who's, who's not been a long time subscriber, I find it pretty astonishing.
1: It, it, what, the only surprising thing about it all is that we are surprised by mm-hmm. how sort of greedy it is, and and how tone deaf it is. And I think one of the things that, that I think the t- sort of tone deaf award has to go to Arsenal f- for sacking Gunnersaurus mm-hmm. to save costs, uh, and then spending forty-eight million pound on a holding building <laughs> like, midfielder just... the same day it's just a real like the synergy of that and then having mesozo come out and say actually i'll pay dinosaurus's wages." yeah wait is yeah it just it, it never fails to to shock does it and um yeah the whole thing is is mad
0: yeah i mean i don't know are we even going to talk about project big picture is that something that's worth talking about did you read Why about that
1: tom I read about it. There was an interesting article saying uh, that's come out this this evening saying that the Saints were not fond of it because of their prospective takeover. Mm. Um, Because obviously we're heavily linked to this American chap who is not very well regarded in Bordeaux, and um, we've obviously got a £75 million loan on the books. Yeah. To pay. And uh, yeah, apparently Saints weren't fond on it because it, there, was, there was a fear that it could decrease the value of the club at a time when obviously Gal wants more money into the club. But um, I don't know, football's kind of broken, isn't it, really? It, yeah. It's it's mad if you look. Um, it's just mad.
0: I mean, it, the, the whole Project Big Picture thing, wasn't it? It was like, if you want us to save the EFL with 250 million, you have to give all the power to these six clubs and you're yeah. right it definitely would have devalued the, the value of Saints the Saints were going to be given a special extra vote or something or, or you know their vote was going to be more valued than some other clubs in the Premier League because um, it was like what the big six were going to have like the heftiest votes then I think West Ham Southampton and Everton were going to have like a yeah, bonus was, vote or something
1: yeah because the amount of time we've been in the Premier League like yeah. special votes um, yeah it's just I mean the problem is as well is there's no regard for fans no. is there I don't I mean I love football I love Saints but it's not the same is it without fans in the ground I mean like, can you imagine if you've been at Chelsea oh you know, 90 I just second would,
0: yeah 92nd yeah, minute equaliser Any have so you know,
1: any of those goals you'd have loved and you know even I don't, I don't I think it's translating to the players it's not the same for them And and ultimately I think the Premier League you know, probably thinks fans are a bit of an inconvenience um, in its sort of quest for global domination. Um, but it's not the same amount of fans. And, you know, they're pricing ordinary people out of football. They already have been doing it for years. The um, Saints are, you know, Saints are no better than any other club. I think, what was it, Saints have one of the, so the eighth highest season ticket prices in the league? Yeah. Like that. You know, it, it's, yeah, it's rotten. I'm, I'm glad it got rejected.
0: Yeah, um, okay. me me too. I mean, let's see what comes of it. Probably, probably nothing. I quite liked the the saving the EFL, but it was just the kind of like turning the Premier League into a uh, jointly owned dictatorship of the big sh- big six was was not kind of up my street. Um. Anyway, say so, I mean I was quite fortunate in the fact that I live in a part of the country, Tom, where you can still go to other people's houses, uh, and um. Down, so yeah it, it happens that uh albert my son his, his best mate from school robert his dad is a chelsea fan So he paid the 15 quid and i went and uh, sat and watched it oh, in his living sweet. room and it's quite funny I, I mean you, you don't you won't know this yet because your little one isn't that old yet but when you've kind of got like five-year-olds hanging out at each other's house they get really really tired and by the end of it they just start having fights and getting upset with each other and um Albert's mate had kind of got to the point where he was tired of Albert being there, and it kind of coincided with me then dancing across the uh, the living room of, <laughs> of my mates, you know, celebrating Saints equaliser. And I was like, "Yeah, well, I'll, you know, I'm probably also um, no longer welcome here. So let's." Uh, hey, it's <laughs> let's worth
1: it. Though, wasn't it yeah, it was absolutely worth
0: it. Yeah, um, yeah. So the best fifteen pounds I've never spent, but um, yes. it, it it was a great game, though. So for, you know, everyone who did manage to watch it, listen to it, caught up with the highlights, cracking match, absolutely cracking. And, and you know, three alls tend to be really great.
1: Yeah. It's the, the best and worst of both teams, wasn't it, John?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, um, it was great. It was just, uh, um, it was kind of quite end-to-end, but, like, with long smells of dominance from each team and then what i thought was quite interesting is by the end i think it ended up being like 2 xg to 1.9 xg which makes it sound yeah, kind of like, like fair but if if you watch the first half you'd have thought you know there's no way southampton could win this and then if you watch the second half it's um you know how have southampton not won this by a vast amount
1: yeah it was funny i think yeah i think you're right it was like 1.94 to like 1.86 or something you yeah. I mean, I Pretend to still on XG, uh, but I thought well, a it was brilliant to watch because there's lot there was lots to enjoy, wasn't there? Like if you even as a Saints fan, you look at someone like Werner and you know like he's gonna be a mega star, isn't he? Yeah, and he was just unplayable. Havertz, I mean Chelsea for all their faults and they have many faults. They have that front line of Pulisic, Havertz, uh, Werner. Um, and I think I'm forgetting one of them. I'm forgetting the other one. Uh, you know, it's just unplayable, isn't it? And, and Saints, for the first 30 minutes, just could not get near them. And, um, yeah, I think in many ways, we were lucky to be 2-0 down after 30 minutes, John.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, let's go through that, shall we? Because we had that kind of very early chance um, for Chelsea where Chilwell had a shot going across goal, yeah. which was quite simple, really, I think, for McCarthy to stop and then... There was the follow-up, I think, from Havertz, um, which he stopped as well, which wasn't too difficult to to get to. Um, but then we also had the disallowed Werner goal.
1: Yeah, which was right—a great decision by a linesman.
0: Yeah, yes, yeah, spot on. Um, although, I mean, if you're McCarthy, you're bloody relieved that that one has, has been disallowed, haven't you? Because it was dreadful from from his point of
1: view. Yeah, I think though. It, it, they were all over us. I think we we struggled, didn't we? I think maybe with with Theo coming in and not, know um, yeah, not maybe knowing the system as well as obviously maybe Stuart Armstrong was. I think we we really looked exposed down that left. And yeah, but again, yeah, we talk about Havertz and we talk about Werner, but yeah, what a player Ben Chilwell looks like, um, you know, which as an England fan is is great to see. But yeah, Chilwell was was murdering Saints down that left hand side.
0: Yeah, which is um, was it Chilwell and Barnes last season? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, Chilwell. Uh, um, where did Chelsea get him from? Was it Leicester?
1: No. Yes, it was. Yeah, it, it, was. It, was it was Chilwell and Barnes for nine 0 where they murdered yeah. Um, uh, uh, Bertrand. Yeah. Repeatedly, until Bertrand got sent off after eleven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, they look like they look a hell of a team, don't they? But. Yeah, you know, just going forward, I mean, they looked like they were going to score every single time, didn't they? Yeah.
0: And then, of course, they, eventually they did get the ball in the net and, and it counted. And um, again, Chilwell was involved um, with a lovely long ball, but along the floor, um, which Werner did just beautiful dummy, didn't he? And made <sighs> Bednarek just look like a total moron.
1: It, it looked like when you see ex pros play on like Soccer Aid. And they play against like a bloke who was in Hollyoaks and they do something like that. And you yeah. go, oh, well, that's why he's done that because a pro would never be able to do it to another pro. But there you go. That's, you know, Polish first choice international centre back with what, like 15, 20 caps, Jan Bednarek, and 80 odd appearances in the Premier League gets made to look like a total Muppet by uh, Timo Vernet. It was a brilliant bit of skill. I mean, I'm still a bit surprised that he was kind of able to, to score. Yeah he had a lot to do didn't he and there were three Saints players on him and I think it took a bit of a wicked deflection but it, I was still surprised he was, he was able to get the shot away in school
0: Wait, I, I, mean, I, I thought this because what I thought was quite interesting about that was um, he kind of he just charged towards the box and then once he was in the box he then cut past I think about three Saints defenders so the and oil, was their best, best guard, guard yeah. um, I think
1: maybe, I think it maybe back, even got back, back.
0: yeah and um, But none of them were willing to put a foot in. And I wonder if that's just because of the whole VAR thing, that player defenders are told just that you don't make tackles in the box now unless it's like a total mm. emergency. So we're just trying to stand him up and get him away from yeah. the goal. Just um, don't go to ground. No. and But, you know, then he kind of cut it back quite successfully and, and beat Alex McCarthy. Um, not the most powerful shot, but I think, you know, the build-up play probably almost deserved a goal but I, probably in the whole XG argument that w- was maybe worth about 0.1 I don't think it would have been worth a lot
1: yeah is that because he's got to shoot past three players and a goalkeeper yeah yeah exactly right.
0: he shouldn't be scoring from
1: there basically okay we've said that a few times with are saying haven't we I think yeah it was it was a really good goal I think you know Bednarek um, will hopefully learn a lot maybe from that game um, but yeah he got murdered on that first goal
0: um, well and then actually let's, if we're going to talk about Bednarek getting murdered he got murdered on the second goal as well because again long ball from deep this time over the top from Jorginho and then Werner did a bit of kind of like foot and head juggling tennis to get it past Bednarek and you forgot and Alex to say handball there John as well You've, you forgot
1: to, to say yeah, that well, I, think, yeah. well, I, I said juggling it was a really good pass, wasn't it from Jorginho like first things first I like, credit the question it's a great pass uh, with a sort of wicked back spin on it where it sort of it bounced up in the air and do, do you know what I mean it was very clever mm. um, but A I just would have thought benderet was, was favourite to win that all, yeah all day because Werner is not a big guy is he um, and I think the headed goal we went on to score was the first headed he scored in like 18 months or something mm. um but, you know, I thought it was a handball.
0: It was, I mean, it was a handball, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and to be honest, on the footage, I don't think they even showed a replay of it going anywhere near his hand. Or his arm. It, and it, I th- it was, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it definitely was, because when you do watch it, it clearly comes off his arm. Uh, but I think, you know, this look, is another thing where they've kind of got the rules wrong, isn't it? Yeah, they're the they're, they're trying right. to adapt the rules to what VAR can do.
1: But isn't isn't the rule that if it makes like significant contact or contact with the player's arm in the build-up to a goal, it's it's the goal should be disallowed? I mean,
0: yeah,
1: definitely. I'm just going to have to agree with you there, Tom, because uh, you made your point point of my of... internet phrase. <laughs> I just said he definitely it I'm very passionate about this handball because VAR went a bit mental. VAR went a bit rogue this weekend, right? Yeah. And that was that was a rogue VAR decision because um, it was a definite handball. But let's also let's salute Verner for like unbelievable improvisation, and also for not going down when he's sort of grabbed by McCarthy as he looks to go past him. Yeah, um, it was a really clever goal, but I thought it was a weak goal for Saints to concede.
0: Yeah, and I've got to admit, at this point, I was feeling really concerned because. We expect Burnley to play long balls over the top to exploit Saints' weaknesses, um, but we've now seen it with Spurs and <coughs> with Chelsea. That you know the bigger teams, the teams that kind of allegedly play football, are now also going. Well, hang on a second. We don't need to play football against them. In fact, that's the worst thing we could possibly do because they'll just rob rob the ball of us and score goals as yes. we build out from defence. So let's just hoof it long. And. Um, you know, take on their kind of like weak centre backs, and and that really worried me because I was, I was kind of fearing at that point that we might see another sort of onslaught. Um And you know, yeah. Havertz and Werner were playing it really nicely together on the ground. Let alone before you kind of allow Chilwell and Jorginho to do the long balls in.
1: Yeah, it, it looked like it could get quite messy, didn't it? I mean, I think the Saints' confidence looked shot really at that point. And I think. You know, you're looking at the center backs, and you're thinking, well, hang on a minute. This is a team that predominantly plays on the ground. We've bought in Vest- we've got Vestergaard, who's kept his place, you know, yeah. fairly, but you know, he's not the fastest. He's a bit Bambi on ice. Uh, Bednarek is clearly rattled by, uh, you know, by by anyone really. You know, Havertz, you know, Pulisic. We just couldn't get near them, and I, you know, you would look. I, I thought like, gosh, you know, this could be like Spurs. But without Saints replying. Yeah. Um, but then Chelsea do what Chelsea do.
0: Yeah. What, at- I mean, what, what I thought in in some ways was um, there was another chance, wasn't there, where Werner got into the box and all he had to do was cut the ball back to Havertz and it would have almost been a carbon copy of the um, Ings goal against Burnley, where Chadham's cut yeah. it back and and Havertz was really annoyed and Werner was like, well, you know, I'm going for my hat trick, so whatever. Yeah,
1: and, there were plenty more chances, my friend.
0: Yeah, and, and it felt like Saints were always going to get chances in that game. So we'd had a few kind of sniffs where we'd marauded forward and looked yeah, like we were going to get a chance. And then that's when it happened, wasn't it? It was very shortly after that. Yeah, that and we, I think and this was back. the
1: thing. You knew that Chelsea, you know that if they conceded, they would have every chance of conceding again. And I, John, it was a brilliant Saints goal. You said on WhatsApp, you said it's the, the archetypal Saints goal.
0: It is, absolutely. Archetypal Saints goal. Opposition team trying to play it out from the back. Great hassling from Che Adams, wins the ball back and plays a lovely through ball to Danny Ings, who finishes like the striker that we've always dreamed of having.
1: Yeah, it was great. I mean, Havertz trying to be too clever. Um, sandwich between Walcott and Adams... Like you know, I've, I'm critical of Adams on our particular on our WhatsApp group, John, of Adams finishing, but like what a player, you know, he is for Saints, and what an incredible, you know, not only winning the ball back, but there's a brilliant millisecond where you see, as soon as he wins the ball back, and you see Ings self, Ings points to where he wants the ball, just for like a millisecond, yeah. and Adams puts it on a plate, and obviously. Yeah, as Dave Varington would say, it yeah, gives the keeper the eyes and just yeah. glides past him. And it was almost like... Um, it it look like a training ground goal, didn't it?
0: Yeah. It's just beautiful. I, I, just, I love Danny Ings now, Tom. What more can I say? I just the amount of times that we might create a chance where you have a through ball and then you're looking at a Saints attacker, then not putting it in the back of the net. And Danny Ings, just the second he gets he's running onto that ball. It's like, you know, he's going to score. We've not had a striker that we've been like, so that I've felt so confident that every time he gets in front of goal, he's, he's going to score. And he is that man.
1: Yeah. And it was a, it was a, it was a great Saints goal. I think a, because um, it showed what they needed to do in terms of they needed to get closer and stop Chelsea playing. Um, And then, you know, lo and behold, as soon as you do that, you know, Havertz overplays, Adams gets, uh, Havertz gets squashed between Walcott and and Adams. And I I think, you know, it maybe took Chelsea by surprise as well, because I think they probably thought it was a foul. It certainly, like, could have been given as a foul. Mm. Um, But it was a brilliant finish, and I think you're exactly right. With, With Danny Ings now, you've just got this ruthless killer up front that... Yeah, it doesn't even question if he's going to miss. And again, you know, it's just another type of Danny Ings goal, isn't it? The guy can score every type of goal. But it was a brilliant time to score. It's exactly what Spurs did to us. Yeah. You know, just for half-time and it it turned the game on its head.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, the the second half was a completely different prospect, wasn't it? I mean, Saints were just on the up. They they came onto the pitch about five minutes after Chelsea, which <laughs> I thought was great because as part of Stamford Bridge making Stamford Bridge COVID secure, um, the away dressing room is in the health club down the road. So basically at Craven Cottage. Yeah, it's, it's mad, isn't it? Um, yeah. So um, so Saints, you know, took took their took their time coming coming back, and you know, really enjoyed that second half, didn't they? And and then we had like this really um, lovely sort of. Uh, Passing exchange on the edge of the the Chelsea box. Do you remember oh. this
1: one? What was Vestergaard? Was? Vestergaard's the guy who lays it off, isn't it? It's, uh, Ings, I think, in the end.
0: What for the for, for the, the shot? shot?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's Vestergaard who who does the layoffs. a lovely little touch.
0: Yeah, there's, the there's a little bit of sort, door, sort of tick attacker sort of passing round round the box yeah. there. Um, it's quite funny because obviously the Saints. Awake! It is the white shirt with the red sash, which is like the one where which we got promoted from from League yeah. One, the hundred twenty twenty fifth anniversary. But obviously, it looks like the Peru shirt, and they had, Hoddle, yeah, shirt, they, they had Glenn, yeah, they had Glenn Hoddle um commentating on the BT Sport, and he was saying that Saints at that point looked like a genuine Peru, and I think from his era, you yeah, know, yeah, Peru, Peru were kind of like considered, yeah. you know, quite stylish,
1: you know. Really clever, Athletic passing. fit. Yeah, Not all that high altitude. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting thing that Saints have got in the locker with Danny Ings because he doesn't need any backlift, does he, to strike the ball hard?
0: Mm.
1: And I think you'll see him hit a few like that where just you know he doesn't need any space just to get a real hard snapshot away. But Saints were knocking on the door. Yeah,
0: they they were, and and then it came as well. So Chadham's finally got his goal this season. That's good. I'm glad to Never see now. getting that. Um, this side of Christmas. Um, And I think, you know, what you are saying about Adams earlier, I mean, if he can put goals to his game as well. I mean, if Adams could get 10 goals this season, Saints will end up finishing
1: very close
0: to the European positions, I think.
1: 100%. I mean, there's a lot to like about that guy, isn't there? Because obviously, Jorginho is a cultured Brazilian you know, holding with Phil a Playmaker. And then he, obviously he did it in the first half. And Romeo thinks, you can do that. I can do that too. And Carl's a lovely ball over the top. And I think with Saints, um, with Adams, you just, those balls are so fruitful. And I remember mm. last season at Stamford Bridge, you know, when Danny Ings wasn't playing and, you know, it was minor panic stations for Saints fans. But what you saw was in a game where you're going to be under the cosh, the ability to get the ball high mm. and have someone like Adams chase everything with a combination of pace and brute strength is really important. And I mean, John, do you want to talk through the clown car of the of a goal that it was?
0: <laughs> I mean, it was great, wasn't it? So if we pick it up from where Zoom is trying to attempt to back pass yeah. and, um,
1: you know, th- you can get away with it. Yeah. And, uh, you know,
0: Passing it back to Kepa, who's under so much scrutiny, despite being the world's second most expensive keeper. Um, I think it's only Allison that, that's cost more than, than Kepa, isn't it? And, uh, you know, Zuma passing back to, to the kind of slightly shaky Kepa. Chardam's absolutely not giving up. Cheedham's chasing onto it. And then Kepa basically commits a foul that would almost certainly be a penalty. And I think had Saints not scored, it would have almost certainly have been brought back for a penalty.
1: It, do you think it would have? Because I, I wonder. I don't know if the momentum sort of carried Shay through. But I guess in this era of any sort of contact in the box is a penalty. Yeah, you're probably right. And it yeah. could have been a red, couldn't it?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if they do the double jeopardy now. Though, do they? Oh, uh, do they not? Right. No. Oh, no. So, I, so I think it would be a penalty and a yellow. Okay. Um, or probably just okay. a penalty. But, you know, the, so yeah, good on him because he falls and he gets back up, seeing that the yeah. chance is still on, tries to cut it back to Danny Ings, at which point, I can't remember which Chelsea defender it is, but comes think sliding it's in. I not
1: Zuma, because Zuma, <laughs> Zuma is still sort of just watching from yeah. a distance this whole thing unfold <laughs> that he's created, this monster that he's born. Uh, <laughs> someone dives in. I'm not quite sure who it is. Is it Christensen? I think it must have yeah, been Christensen. Then it comes like,
0: hit. like bounce off the post, doesn't it? And it then Kepa's off the there,
1: and then it hits Kepa. I think that Adams tries to knock it across, doesn't it? Then hit Kepa, who lays it perfectly back out to Adams? Adams.
0: It then takes then it then away from the goal. It,
1: to, it takes it away from Danny Ings, who gets out of the way.
0: Yeah,
1: lucky because he'd have been sent into outer space because. God, Shay Adams
0: hit it, didn't he? <laughs> he bloody well hit that <laughs> hard, didn't he? <laughs> he leathered it.
1: <laughs> Old school.
0: Um, but it was great. And then, you know, seeing the Adams celebration, I just think it's so yeah. good. I mean, you th- look at last season, once he got his goal against Man City, then the goal started coming. Uh, hopefully, this will be the same. I'd love it if Adams could get into double figures because I think if he does get into double figures, we keep Danny Yang's fit and they're working together. You know, as, as we said earlier, we, we're going to be well up the league table. But yeah, I was I was kind of in seventh heaven then. I thought, you know, two-two, still a long way to go in the match. You know, good chance of us winning it. And I think you know, Vestergaard was also feeling like that as well,
1: Tom. <laughs> Hollywood Vestergaard. Yeah,
0: Vestergaard's thinking right. You know, th- the momentum is with us. Nothing can possibly go wrong. I might as gonna... well channel my inner Jack Stevens and go on a marauding run from the centre of defence.
1: Where, where also, not only am I rolling off from the centre, but where I end up on the left wing. <laughs> so I'm like nowhere near where I'm meant to be at all. Against a team that are like incredibly fast and nimble and able yeah. to thread the ball through an eye of a needle.
0: Yeah, and, and I suppose importantly in this case, have Kante, who is probably the best midfield interceptor and tackler in the Premier League. Which is exactly yep. what he did. And then Vestergaard yeah, was, them. yeah, on the edge of the 18-yard box as... um. Chelsea kind of broke away from, from a counter-attack and um, yeah what was it it's like great interchange wasn't it was it Pulisic then Pulisic Werner, then did this
1: brilliant Havertz? yeah and Pulisic did this great bit of skill where the ball looks like it's caught under his feet but he doesn't he, he manages to get it out and then like with it while well, he's off balance with his left foot play a beautiful threaded pass through to Werner uh-huh. Um, and it was an easy goal, you know, once they had done all the hard work, they just sliced Saints apart. And it was almost like, you know, Saints would have been so elated to get an equalizer. And and one thing we didn't mention on what I love to see is the players are always happy when one of the other players scores, but they almost look more happy by the way when Shadow's yeah. scores. So they know like how much he puts in and how many how many hard he tries. But Yeah, you know, we were looking good, and like you say, and then just it got sniped, didn't we? Like, just forensically diced apart by Chelsea. And the worry was at that point, you were like, my God, they can do that to us at any time. Yeah. they choose to. Um, It was a really good goal. I mean,
0: also at this point, it's so high risk, isn't it? Because the heads could go down here, you know. I was, and I was chatting to my friend, who, who supports Chelsea, and just going like, you know, this is um, this this could quite easily end up being like four two or five two at this point. Yeah. But then I was like, but it could also end up being three three because it was quite end to end. A lot of this game, it was very open. There's a lot of excitement going on, um, and there's interesting number of substitutes as well made at this point because. Um, Uh, I don't think it was a a surprise that Romeo was taken off with his yellow card. We saw Diallo come in. We saw Teller Mm -hmm. come in for Redmond. I think maybe a lot of people weren't necessarily expecting Walcott to get a full 90 minutes in his um, uh, first game back. Um, And then Shane Long coming on as well. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know if Shane Long particularly added very much, um, but Diallo coming in allowed Vestergaard to put himself up front.
1: Yeah, and I think, well, I think one with, um, with Shane Long, I think Adam might be just knackered. Yeah. I think as well, you know, there's, there's there's probably an element of that. Um, I think with with Redmond, I think, you know, we are being critical. I think Redmond wasn't on his game again. And um, Teller looked good when he came on. But you're right, John, the game was open. And I think, you know, the difference almost between the first and the second half is that Saints remember to press in the second half. And, and what was fascinating was that, you know, for all of their... You know, multi-million pound, world-class Galactico of stars that, that Chelsea have at their disposal, the minute Saints just actually remembered what Saints actually do and do best, Chelsea could not cope with it. And I, and I say that really from Chad, um, Danny Ings' goal onwards. Mm. You know, as soon as Saints kind of actually thought, actually, you know what, as long as, if we stop these guys having the run of the park, um, then we can make a game of this. And the second half Saints were well on top.
0: Yeah. No, I, I I fully agree, Tom. So, I mean, should we? Where, where do we take it now? Do you want to just talk about how good Saints were playing that second half, or do we fast forward to the ninety-second minute?
1: I think we fast forward because it was much for much. The Saints were on top, but it wasn't quite clear they'd score. But again, you know, you look, if you're a Chelsea fan or you're Frank Lampard, you go mad, when not you? Because it's a stupid foul. Yeah. Like, 92 yeah. minutes in. and
0: Give them a I chance can't... to hoof it into the mixer in yeah. classic early 90s footballing.
1: Yeah, it was a obscu- stupid... I think it was... Was it Havertz, I think, actually, in the end, yeah. fouled um, Bertrand with a sort of just a nonsense foul. There's no need. And, you know, you got to think, like, what are they doing? You know, 92nd minute. You know, you give anyone a chance to get the ball in the box. Um, but interesting from Saints because James Wall Prowse didn't take it and it looked like a James Wall Prowse mm. free kick.
0: He's, been, he's not been. His free kicks haven't been that special this season yet. I know he'll produce some special ones eventually, but I don't think James Wall Prowse has done it yet with a free kick where you've thought, oh oh, that's, that's really good. So, you know, maybe from the left, let's just whip it in, out swinger. Yeah.
1: And also, maybe the Saints realised they were becoming a little bit one-dimensional. Mm. You know, with those sort of James Ward-Prowls, deadly whipped balls between the keeper and the defence. So maybe it's just a question of mixing it up. But So what happens? Bertrand steps up.
0: Yeah, whips it in. Nice.
1: Was, okay, it, was it
0: Kante who got it out, or Zuma who headed it out?
1: I think it's Zuma, I
0: think. Yeah. And then falls to yeah, Walcott. It
1: it yeah,
0: yeah. Who um caps a dream debut just by volleying it into the ground and it bouncing into the far corner of the goal.
1: That's what everyone thought, didn't they, yeah. Don? that's not what happens. <laughs> no.
0: That was somehow. so whilst I was dancing across James's living room, I was going, Whoa, Walcott! And then you saw <laughs> Vestigard running across Christian all right
1: Oh, right, okay, maybe Vest Vestergaard! But what was Vestergaard even doing? Because like Vestergaard's like, six foot seven or something. He must have like he was like got on his knees to head the ball. Yeah. It, it, it probably he was still probably taller than me when he's on his knees. It worked, like, didn't but, it?
0: Because I think it just did just enough to put it inside yeah. inside the corner of the goal. Um, and he was on side
1: by yeah. a long long way. But I loved it because there's a great footage. I think it's of um, Havertz just sort of like throwing his arms in the air, like, oh my god, you know, like what have we done? And but you can't argue saying he didn't deserve it. Um, um it was a brilliant performance.
0: Yeah, I mean that, that second half performance was it
1: but also it was great fun. Yeah.
0: I really enjoyed watching the game. Um which I think you do. When when you watch a 3-3 and it's your team
1: that's made the equalizer at the end. Yeah. Of course you've enjoyed it. You're always happy, yeah. yeah. But do, you, do you think there's something about, like, you know, we did this obviously at Man United 96 minutes last towards the end of last season. Do you think, um, and I, I can't think of a Saints team, certainly since Koeman, that I don't think would have got either of those goals. And there's, do you think there's something about Ralph and belief and not quitting and never giving up?
0: Yeah, th- Yeah, that final point, absolutely. Saints don't give up. I mean... 2-0 away at Chelsea, most Saints teams would have given up. And we yeah. you know, even when they were tearing us apart, we never looked like we'd given up. It just looked like things weren't working. Mm. Um and then I mean, again you know, today. Yeah, and then fighting back to two two to then, you know, stupidly let it get to three two again a few moments later. Again that would be another opportunity for Saints to give up. Um you know, and, and even the Saints of just two years ago
1: would have given up.
0: That yeah, a... 100%. I, I think it's, Pellegrino, it's, Puel, all would have given up.
1: Yeah. I think it, it tells you everything about, I think, Hassan, and also the sort of temperament of the players he's assembled. You know, and you know, not all the players are new there, are they? I mean, if you look, um, the spine of the team would have been there over two years ago in terms of, like your Ward-Prowse's, your Romeos. Um, but, you know, adding players like Shay Adams, I think he's just given Saints just a bit more steel yeah. and a bit more like, you know, what he he's probably like heavy metal football. Yeah. Um, but they don't give up. And I think... I mean, it has
0: taken that's some that's time like, though, hasn't it? Because like there are a couple of times last season where obviously we did give up. Yeah. So it's something that they've had to work on. But there, there there is a belief now. There is a belief that it will work. Um and they do seem to be able to kind of stick at it for a bit longer now and keep on pushing. Yeah. I mean it, it was great. I, I think there were so many opportunities for the for the Saints players to quit in that match and they just didn't. They just carried on and we and we've got a point. But also I think even more important is just like the vibes, the good yeah. vibes of of you know coming back from 2-0, then coming back from 3 2, getting a point. A point may not be that important by the end of the season. But I think it keeps the momentum going into the next couple of games, which maybe at the start of the season you wouldn't have worried about too, so much. But actually, the next two games are now the two informed teams in the Premier League, yeah. aren't they, with Everton and Ville? And I think that's really yeah. important is going into those games with a level of belief.
1: 100%. And I, I think you're right. I mean, they'll all come into training tomorrow. Uh, no, well, actually, they'll be in today when they start, um Sunday off. Mm. You know, they'll all come in with uh, their heads held high. You know, you imagine Spirit will be high. They'll be looking at Everton thinking they can they can get something out of that game. Um, but, yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and it's it's about not losing, isn't it? You know, when you're 2-0 down, you don't need to win the game. You need to... Not losing is the achievement. It's like doing a marathon, isn't it? Yeah. It's not about the time you do it. It's just about the fact you've done it. And, and also, to look at it and, you know, Chelsea spent, I think, a quarter of a billion pounds... On that forward line, I think I was I was reading.
0: Um, I mean, they do look pretty
1: they, tasty going forward. They do look amazing, but, but also like football's mad because like their back line is awful. Mm. But not Chilwell's very good. Um, but their centre backs are well ropey, and you know, I, I, football is is mad in the sense that you know you you can assemb- you can get given, go to a billionaire and say like, give me all this money, and I want to assemble this really this machine that goes really fast but there's a chance also that it's going to explode quite a lot and they just go yeah go on then like go really fast don't worry about the exploding bit um but with saints they've just got this kind of balance and and also i think with the new signings all of a sudden we've got a squad that does look deep enough to Mm. compete um and and also like shout out to theo walcott i think he created is it seven chances Five I more think it was than five any chances, other. Five chances, wasn't it? Five sometimes. chances more than any other player for on the pitch, on Saturday. So, you know, for all your Havertz's and all your Timo Werner's, um, Walcott is creating was creating more than them. Um,
0: so, I mean, let's get yeah. on to that, John, that Tom, because I wanted to um, get your opinion on what was what was the return of Theo Walcott like. I mean, I, th- I imagine he must have been gutted not to be doing that in front of fans and. You know, the next home game, I think it'll be a real shame you know, that there's not 32,000 people there welcome, welcoming him back. But in terms of the performance, Tom, what, what, what did you make of Walcott? Is he going to give us something this season?
1: I think he was slow in the first half, which is understandable. I think the guys played about 16 minutes of football, 12 minutes of football or something all season. He did seem off the pace in the first half, and he's only had a week. And one of those days... Staplewood was closed for deep clean, wasn't it? Because of Stuart Armstrong. Um, so he's not had much time. Um, I think mean he had, what is it, a 45 minute session with Ralph when he arrived and 45 minutes before the game. Um, I think he, you know, and also it, it must be difficult being a winger, playing against a team that are, are going forward so much, because you must be caught between two minds of like, am I a winger or do I actually need to just constantly track back? Because otherwise we're going to get killed here. Um, I think he, he, he sort of came to life a lot in, in the second half and I thought not only did he look good but the interchange with Carl Walker Peters mm. looked good. Um and fundamentally like he's a really good footballer, isn't he? Like, you know, his passing, his control you know, he's still got it. This isn't like, you know, George Best, you know, doing a cameo for you yeah, know, some team in America. This is like, we, we've got a kind of prime Theo Walcott here, I think, you know, and he's got a point to prove.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's quite nice, isn't it, to have a player that can come in where you know they've got a good touch, you know they've got a good level of skill, you know they've got experience and a good understanding of the game. Already, it's quite rare in a, in a Saints. Mm. Yeah, you know, loads of Premier League experience. We, we just yeah, uh,
1: yeah. When was the last time we signed someone with Oodles of Premier
0: League game time. Yeah, um, yeah and just don't. to see someone kind of slot in, and I don't think he would have started. I mean, if Stuart Armstrong hadn't tested positive for COVID, I, I don't think there would have been any chance of Walcott starting. Um, but you know, I, I think he 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 did really well, and he was in the right position uh, to you know fire that ball back into into the box when when Vestergaard kind of grazed it into the bottom corner. He had uh, another chance right at the death, I think, mm. the ninety-fourth minute, um, which he really didn't do particularly well with, and he could have probably have taken it on a bit further, um, but just to have that chance again, you know, to not be done yeah. at ninety-second minute when you've when you've got your assist when you thought he'd scored, didn't he? Um, and uh, yeah, no, I, I was I was very pleased with Walcott's return. I think it was kind of yeah. like a, a good, solid seven out of ten performance.
1: Yeah, and I think as well, you know, we we spoke about it last time. The guy can play across all four positions on our front line. Um, yeah, he can even lead the line if he has to. And I think, you know, we are looking at it's a it's a compressed season. You know, Stuart Armstrong does have injury difficulties. So does Nathan Redmond. I think Nathan Redmond is also, you know, is going through one of his spells where he struggles for confidence and. Mm. You know, you can see um, a time when when Redmond plays on the left even. Um, and, and, and um, sorry, Walker plays on the left and Armstrong s- slips in on the right. And, and, you know, then all of a sudden you've got a player like Redmond coming off the bench who's an impact player. Yeah. Um, yeah so I think it, it brings a huge amount of Saints. And that's before you even start to talk about, you know, what's a player like that? You know, you've got like Michael Obafemi, at Saints, who... Um, you know, Ralph has spoken a lot about. Yeah, you know, he's kind of alluded to off the field things that stop Oberfemi being the player that he could be. Someone like Walcott can come in, thirty-one years old, probably as fit as anyone in that squad. And you know, he, he you would hope that you know players who have looked a little bit distracted, like Oberfemi and Valerie, would look at someone like Walcott and say, "Well, that's that's what you got to do to be a pro. You got to just give up everything." Yeah. You know, and that's what you've got to do. You don't go out, don't drink, don't eat the bad things, don't make a tea yourself in, in Buda Bar. You just work hard. And I, I think, you know, that that's the value that, that, that's another value which we'll never be able to quantify this season is the impact of a player like Walcott, you know, in terms of raising the game of other people and raising the professional standards will bring.
0: Yeah, I'm, I, I think, in every, whatever way you look at it, um... Yeah, A, going to be fantastic for the younger players around to have someone like Walcott to look up to. Um, I think like 47 England caps. I mean, that is, Mm -hmm. that's great. Um, And then, you know, that option, either Walcott's going to be coming off the bench or Redmond's going to be coming off the bench um, or Armstrong's going to be coming off the bench. So you're going to have a little bit more in your arsenal. I, I think kind of... The amount of times that Saints have needed something more to bring on, And yeah. the only thing we can ever bring on is Long and Obafemi because they're the only two players on the bench that can change anything.
1: Or you, or you bring on a Musa who is, you know, maddeningly inconsistent.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, he might change the game, but the likelihood is he, he won't. And you know, he's now off with a hamstring injury again. Um, well, I, I think I think you know, he gives us proven quality and frees up a slot off the bench. And I think you're exactly right. Like how many times have we cried for like an X-factor mm. off the bench? Just someone who can do something a little bit different. Um, and Walcourt gives us that. I, you know, I think he's going to be one of the signings of the transfer window. I think he's going to be brilliant for Saints.
0: Yeah, well, I absolutely hope so. Right, Tom, I, I think we've covered Saints-Chelsea. I'm going to get onto a listener email here. Um, hi, John. Hi, Tom. I hope I'm not being too bold by declaring myself a friend of the show. I always look forward to views and listening. um, And listening is like having a football chat with a couple of mates. Very much enjoyed. This this is coming from Dan, by the way, Dan Fox. Thanks, Dan. Mm -hmm. What a comeback yesterday. Belief is back in the team. And if that match lasts another 10 minutes, we might have even got the winner. Very much enjoyed Gary Lineker's introduction to the match highlights when he said Chelsea haven't conceded a goal against a. Side outside of the top six at Stamford Bridge, since last December, when they were beaten two nil by Southampton. I like that oh, well. that's an amazing that. start. Yeah. And after going two-nil down, Saints began to press more after good work by Adams, who's looking best by the game. Yeah, agreed. We stole the ball in typical fashion, got one back, increased the intensity of the press in the second half, and then got another one. We all know what happened next, but our pressing tactic makes me wonder if we have a tactical dilemma. Here we go. This is this is where the question comes. By playing a high line and with centre-backs who aren't the quickest running back, we were destroyed at the back by Spurs and it didn't start great against bernie yesterday. It's clear, however, that we have the players and experience to press effectively, get possession back and create a chance within a few seconds. At the end of the Chelsea match, it appeared we had the balance right, pressing, attacking player with players, waiting to snap up the ball and play it back in those are the dangerous positions. And Generally, I feel we're looking pretty good. What do you think, Tom? I mean we were a bit ropey in the first half and uh, yeah. I, I think you said well, it in our, our analysis earlier didn't you Is we just pressed much better in the second half remember yeah. what we're about
1: well, I thought Lampard's interview after the game was really interesting because A he kind of said something quite rude and then he immediately realised he said he said like you know you've got to be beating teams like Southampton at home and then he immediately sort of went who were like a very good team and <laughs> actually played very well Um <laughs> And then I think as well I think he went on to say, you know, that they, he'd asked the sort of players to try and bypass the press, and they did it. And I think it's really interesting about how these top top quality players who have all come from like the best academies mm. in the world, where you know kicking the ball in the air is probably sacrosanct, you know, is not allowed at all, and keeping the ball on the floor is sacrosanct. And you know, they just, you know, what they needed to do was become like early Premier League. Sheffield United long ball hoofers didn't they and they couldn't, it's not within their nature um, so I think you're right like a Burnley for example who are much more willing to do that uh, or even like a Villa we might see um, you know might have been able to bypass the press I think you're right, I think the interesting one is going to be Salisu, isn't it because Salisu, you know rightly or wrongly might is the centre-back that might give us that burst of mm. pace that will enable us to play this game um, and uh I'm gonna is it Diasa, Diala, as well. Diallo. Diallo, you know, who can win the ball and go past players and make incisive incisive passes that might be a little bit beyond Romeo. But, mm. but yeah, he's also supposed right. to have
0: this... all of the Romeo stuff, isn't he? He's supposed to be basically Kante, the new Kante. Yeah.
1: Which would be, you know, would be amazing if he's half the player Kante is. But I think you're right. I think we still have a weakness. And I think um the Everton game will be fascinating because Dominic Calvert-Lewin is really fast mm. and he's really strong and really good in the air. Yeah,
0: so he's very direct
1: a as well, isn't he? Very direct, very aggressive. So, you know, he's going to give Saints a, a nightmare um, unless we really up our game.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, Dan goes on to say a few other things. He kind of um, talks about how he, he hopes to see Jack Stevens back in a Saints shirt at some point talks about how Kyle Walker-Peter's appreciation what a player what a bargain Um, and also wants to discuss players out of form Um, so Ings being a prime example of a consistently brilliant performer whereas Saints have several players who can do a a good game or a bad game for Yannick Vestergaard comes to mind um, and his feeling is that some fans have it in for some players and his favourite player, Nathan Redman, doesn't beat two players and set up a beautiful goal in the match. And some stands some fans start questioning his involvement in the team. And I feel some fans are forget what he's capable of and that fantastic run against Spurs in the FA Cup last season to set up the Danny Ings goal was one of the moments of the season and the focus needs to be getting on good players back to their best instead of knocking them down.
1: Yeah, you know, we'd all agree with that. I think... And none of us like knocking Saints players. I think um, I think the problem we we have as as fans is when players clearly have ability and aren't for whatever reason utilising it consistently. And with Redmond, Redmond is a, you know on his day is unplayable, isn't he? He's a fantastic talent, yeah. but it's the it's the inconsistency I think that 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 stings. So, no one's questioning yeah, is he a really good footballer? Of course he is. But, like, you know, he, you know, five goals a season, he should be getting double figures. Yeah. And if he's double figures, then all of a sudden he's knocking on the England door. I,
0: th- I think, you know, that, that is the interesting point about a player like Redmond is when he's good, he's very, very good. Um, and then, you know, when he's bad, he's just kind of fairly anonymous, isn't he? Or even, even worse than anonymous, he's frustrating because he tries stuff yeah. and it doesn't come off. But I also yeah. wonder if. Yeah, I've never seen the football in Tom.
1: Like, Yeah. Is there, is there an element there of like, this is the, you know, for those mercurial players, a mm. uh, bit like a boot you know, you're going to get, you know, because they, and I also think there's an element, like, players like boot where, because they try, and Tadic was very much like this, wasn't he? Tadic tries the very difficult. Do you remember that for Saints? Yeah. He's always trying to do. The very difficult pass, the very difficult intricate thing. Now, by its very nature, unless you're Zinedine Zidane or Ronaldinho or Messi, those things don't come off all the time, or even very often. So, it's very easy to get frustrated with it. Um, and I, 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 you know, I think therefore, you know, you kind of look at it, you get people get on their backs a bit, when really, you know. Yeah, I don't know if you, you saw the highlights of the Saints 8-0 against um, Sunderland. That I think it was like this time six years ago, I think the other weekend. But yeah, if you look at how many like brilliantly clever passes there are from someone like Tadic in that game, where he just finds space for players yeah. and he like plays. I mean, Stephen Davis was another one of those. You're know, just always trying to do the difficult, clever thing. I think with Redmond, the, the issue is he's so... He's so high profile, isn't he? Mm. So visible. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: You, you're never going to miss him messing up, are you, Redmond? And I think it's it's kind of because we know how good he is. That just it just immediately puts him much more under the spotlight.
1: Yeah, and also he gets in great positions. Mm. Like, yeah, you, know, you see, he doesn't like just miss thirty yarders. He misses quite a lot of like one on ones or first time you know chances that yeah. come to them in the box. So you know chances that you look at like other top top players in the league they they generally put away.
0: Yeah. Um Dan, I hope that kind of answers your questions. He says that's it for now. Thanks for your efforts in making the pod and hope you've had a good weekend. And thank you very much Dan for emailing in. If you'd like to do the same as Dan it's Saintsfc at gmail.com. And um as long as you're not really rude, we might read out your email and tackle some of the questions you've got in it. Uh we mentioned we've got Everton coming up. Only points that they've dropped this season so far have been against Liverpool. And that was uh yeah. draw of the weekend. We've talked about Dominic Calvert Lewin looking Dominic Calvert Lewin looking good. Um James Rodriguez, bloody hell. i might I'm a, I'm a bit jealous about that.
1: What a talent. Yeah. Why oh, isn't it? Cause all that talent, and he wasn't doing it for Real Madrid, and he barely did it for Bayern Munich, and he, you know, turns over Everton, and maybe, you know, maybe some of these players need to be a big fish in a small pond. Adam uh, Alana. Adam Alana, yeah, you know, yeah. he's, you know, he's, he's doing well for Brighton. I think, yeah, the Everton game is going to be really interesting. I think because, you know, there's no doubt whatsoever that Jordan Pickford has basically got away with. Injuring the leagues and That's possibly best. Europe's best footballer, isn't he? In a horrible way. And I know a lot of things have.
0: How fans sad would it be if he got back. tapped up by Barcelona during this time oh, that I'm he's serious.
1: off? Yeah, that'd be horrible, wouldn't it? Yeah. What? With well, Ronald Koeman, his former manager, and he, the man who is his, who he's, he's the foster of. Oh, that would be it's terrible right, job. Yeah. What? As Barcelona rebuild their team for the post Messi era around a certain Dutch centre back? It'd be a nightmare. <laughs> None of us want to see that. But he should, it was a horror challenge. Um, he should have been sent off or he should have got some sort of retrospective ban. Football's, again, like, VAR went mad. Um Charleston, though, suspended. So that's yeah. guaranteed they won't score at least one. That's one goal that they won't score. Yeah. Because um, he's contractually obliged to score against us every time. Um, I think Saints will give Everton a really good game.
0: I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's two sides that, um, you know, will be kind of hopefully fighting it out towards that that top half, best of the rest, sort of group, and and they're exciting teams, and they're t- they're teams where you can have like really exciting stories, like a James Rodriguez reigniting his career, or um you know the best strikers outside of the top six knocking on Harry Kane's door to to yeah. get that England slot. You know, Ings versus Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I think, is an interesting. Interesting prospect, isn't it? Then we've got Vino yeah. who've won every single game. Yes. 12 and from 12.
1: It. And it just come off a very smart 1-0 last-minute winning against yeah. Leicester. So they're going to be pumped. Um, and they've signed some really good players. You know, uh, Ross Barkley is a masterstroke. Um, yeah, look, I think this is the great thing about the league this year, isn't it? It just looks, for the first time ever, well, first time in a long time, genuinely open.
0: hmm a lot of teams have strengthened well. in, in quite interesting ways, I think. And it's it's causing some interesting games, isn't it? I mean, yeah. plus you you take out the crowd and I suppose probably the anxiety and perhaps the care and attention that the players give when they've got, you know, 30,000 fans on their back or whatever. It's, you know, it's looking interesting. Tom, yeah. I've got to say, what's not interesting, though, is how dreadful my fantasy football team has been doing. So, do you remember the, when I first mentioned this? Oh, I didn't do this. I no, you didn't. I was, I was kind of in the top 10. I'm now um, 86th in the Saints FC podcast Amigos League.
1: How many, how many, 87 people in that league, John?
0: Um, no, there's, there's more than that. There's, um, let me see how many. There are in total. Who's,
1: co- who's costing you, John? Who is the, uh, who's your nemesis? 159 in total. Okay, so you're at midpoint. Not bad. Yeah.
0: Um, Solid. Well, uh, top of the league is Lord of the Ings. That's good. Matthew good Moody.
1: But, John, have you had any horror picks? So did you pick, I don't know, Kebba or something disgusting like no, that?
0: No, I'll tell you what my horror show was. Was was... Um, Two weeks ago, or two game weeks ago, uh, I went on the fancy football thing and I saw, you know, to my great disappointment that uh, Son was injured and so was um, Sam Maxson from uh, Newcastle. So I had both of those in my team and I was like, right, well, I have to get rid of those players because if they're injured... I can't have them in in my side. And they're both kind of like had 25% chance of playing because, you know, of their injuries. So Son, that week, then accrued 18 points in a 6 1 victory away to Man United. Definitely wasn't injured. Definitely Definitely. scored two goals and got an assist. And uh, Sam Maxim did did something similar. Um, And so this week, my transfers were just reversing that mistake I'd made the week before. And now I'm playing catch up. Um, catch the song up with, just, with my previous team. Did
1: score, Son score this weekend?
0: Yes, yeah, so Son did well this weekend.
1: The um, bail effect is in full effect, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 3-0, 3-0 coming on the pitch, 70 minutes, 3-0 at the end of it. You you, know, you don't love to see it, but you do also absolutely love a to bit see of snigger. it.
0: Yeah. Um, so, Tom, we've got to get back to that question. Who's your wild card Saints player that no other Saints celebrity, Saints supporting celebrity would choose for their eleven? I mean, this will be embarrassing if you choose a player now that Ed Chamberlain chooses in the first ever episode of this concept of a podcast.
1: Yeah, it's called Matthew... No, no I, would, I would go with a player who I, at the time, for me, seemed incredibly talented and actually ahead of his time as a centre-back. Seemed to be quite, from what I remember, and I was only young, a very cultured player who disappeared without trace... Um, in the early Premier League era for Saints, early to mid-Premier League era, who is uh, Richard Hall. Okay. He was good footballer, and I don't know what happened to him. I think he went to West Ham. Um, but he was always very talented, very first centre-backs. You know, centre-backs at the time were basically glorified rugby prop forwards. Mm. And um, But he was good. You know, he was kind of the pre-Dean Richards... You know, silky sends back, and I always thought Richard Hall, who looked a bit like a head boy of a minor public school, um, uh, I always thought he was a very talented footballer. So I, you know, I would go for some. Um, I, I would go for, and if I look, if I look at Richard Hall, the impact Richard Hall has had is so little that he's not even on the top page of Google. People. Well, no, like red no, red I found
0: Richard Hall. I've got his stats up for you now, Tom. So started his career at Scunthorpe United, 1989, 22 goals, three, uh, 22 appearances, three goals. Played 128 games for Southampton from '91 to '96, and scored 12 goals. Then you're right. Transferred to West Ham United, where he only ever played seven goal, seven games mm-hmm. after that, and that was it. Played 11 <laughs> times for the England under
1: 21s. He retired at the age of 27. Yeah, I mean, I like, I always thought he was a very, very good, um, skillful, cultured footballer, and a, and a and a really good player for Saints. Um, so yeah, I would I, would, I mean, I, I, my alternative would be Ronnie Eklund, again, sort of, you know, for what could have been.
0: I think Ronnie Eklund, for there'll be a few Saints supporting celebrities who would have him in. I think. Yeah. It was quite a special time, wasn't it?
1: I tried to. I'll. I've tried to go alternative.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. I haven't. I haven't got one yet. I'm going to think about mine. <laughs> It'll be something to come back to. We've already done over an hour, Tom. So I mean, we can't. All right. We can't ponder this one for too long. Um, but I'll think about it. And, and listener, hopefully, if you if you keep your eye on the Saints FC podcast channel depending on uh, when Ben manages to, to get his editing done, we should have that uh, podcast with Ed Chamberlain coming up for you to listen to, so, so do let us know. Um, what you think of that, it's saintsfcpodcast.gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at saintsfcpodcast. Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you and being able to see you this time.
1: And you, John. Congratulations on growing a healthy beard during this period.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Tom. It's, it means a lot to hear that from <laughs> an esteemed beard wearer like yourself.
1: You're too kind, John.
0: Right, well, ladies and gentlemen, hope you've enjoyed the show, um, and you know, let's look forward to this game against Everton at the weekend.